Ready, Set, Game is brought to you by Sparkling Water. You can drink it, you can freeze it and eat it, but it's still going to be carbonated. Try any sparkling water at any nearby grocery store or restaurant near you. Sparkling Water, it sparkles. And just like that, we're back. This is the Ready, Set, Game podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake Talbert, along with my good friend from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Phil Addison. Phil, you've got the sparkling water. I'm seeing you right here on the video stream. How are we doing in Atlanta? What's your drink of choice, your sparkling water of choice today in the ATL? Jake, welcome back. I am here with Polar Black Cherry Seltzer Water and calorie-free, carb-free, but a lot of carbonation. It's good sparkling water. I think Polar may be up there in the top five sparkling water categories, Jake. Phil, that's great. We're going to have to break down on the RSG the best sparkling waters. The listeners have been asking for this. We know that many of our listeners are huge sparkling water fans, specifically Straley Size Love. She has been listening to this podcast since episode one, want to give her a shout out, and we'd want to know what her favorite is because we want to try that out here live on the podcast. You and I will both uh, crack one and we'll uh, we'll get that sparkling water going. This is episode nine. I can't believe we're here. I can't either, Jake. Episode nine. She's a beauty, that number nine. That's a slate over to my good friend Neil Everett, Sports Center, for the top 10 plays. That number nine, Jake, always a beauty. Always a beauty. In honor of our episode number nine, we're going to do something that we haven't done on the podcast yet, Phil. And we're going to break down our starting five of the best number nines out there. So you can take this any way you want, any direction you want, but that's how we're going to do it. We're going to take down our starting fives here. Uh, we'll take our order here from five to one. So we'll take our number five pick and we'll go all the way down to our number one pick. You'll take a number five, then I'll take a number five and we'll kind of go from there. How does that sound? Jake, that sounds great. I would love to hear who your number five is to start us off here. Who's your number five pick, Jake? My number five pick coming in for my number nine is the ninth largest city in the United States, right here in the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm taking the city of Dallas as my number five pick in the starting five lineup. And the reason I'm doing that, it's a great hub, lots to do, some amazing people there, home of one of the greatest sports teams of all time the Dallas Cowboys. We absolutely love the city of Dallas. I'm taking them uh, as my number five pick. Jake, that's a great pick. We love Dallas. My wife from Dallas, McKinney area. It stretches as far as it goes. I mean, Dallas can stretch all the way from Lubbock down to Corpus Christi. I mean, really, you could call Dallas anywhere you want. You can claim it. I've heard many people claim it as far and wide as that. My number five pick is going to be Super Bowl winning champion Matthew Stafford. Number nine, War number seven for the Georgia Bulldogs back in the day uh, was a great Detroit line. We all know that left won the Super Bowl at the Rams last year. Uh, Stand up guy is actually uh, related to one of my good friends, John Coutte. His wife's cousin married Matthew Stafford. Wow, that is huge, Bill. That is huge. Matthew Stafford getting his first Super Bowl win last year. He needed it and he got it. An ex dog. Now a Ram. That's a great number five pick right there. We're going to move up to our number four pick. And I am taking none other than the cloud barn number nine 
as my number four pick. Nobody understands it. There have been some legends in there. And rumor has it, this is where your and the, yours friendship with the great Seth Locke, Frito Love, started in the cloud, bar number nine. I knew you would love that as my power forward number four pick. Jake, I love that pick. Incredible. Nobody understands the cloud. You can't forget my one celebratory week with Hunter Short. I mean, some great legends there at the cloud. Some incredible memories and times. We know Seth Locke is listening, cheering from Greece right now with his father on a mission trip. Nobody understands the cloud. Nobody understands it. Phil, tell us your number four pick. My number four pick is the song Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. You love that nine to five. Everyone's got to do it. And when you get off the work day and you're listening to it, it just feels good. It feels right. Dolly, a good, good friend of yours, I know, um, for many times ago. But uh, nine to five by Dolly Parton. Everyone loves that song. And Dolly, a great listener and friend of the Race Head Game podcast. Yeah, she really is. Has been a partner with us. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> For a long time, Jake, a really long time. She has been faithful and true. We know Dolly as such. Jake, we got to keep rolling. I have to know who's the middle of the pack, your number three pick. Yeah, my number three pick. This is one that kind of floated maybe up to the number two slot. I took them at number three. This is Taqueria number nine. Now, every great city has the Taqueria number nine. They're not related at all. Every Taqueria number nine is different. But I'm taking Taqueria number nine, whether it be Waco, whether it be Atlanta, whether it be Norman, Fayetteville, uh, Los Angeles, we're taking Taqueria number nine. Great tacos, simple, plain, meat, beans, cheese. That's what you need. Wow, Jake, I love that. Taqueria number nine, it always tastes so good going down. And you love to, you can get it wherever. You're really right about that. You can truly get it wherever. Love that pick. For my number three pick, I'm going with the bottom of the ninth. You, everyone loves the bottom of the ninth, almost as good as that seventh inning stretch you get in at the games, but everyone loves the bottom of the ninth. Your, your team, if you're at home, has a chance to win the game. You see some walk-off home runs. Uh, excitement happens in the bottom of the ninth, Jake. Phil, that is a phenomenal segue into my number two pick, the bottom of the ninth. Talk about a guy that has just put on a, a – he had a phenomenal career. We're talking a 344 career batting average, the last player to bat over 400 in a season, 521 homers, 18 ribbies, a 19-time All-Star, and he took a four-and-a-half-year break to serve in the military during World War II, wearing that number nine on the back of his jersey, Ted Williams, one of the greatest to ever play the game of baseball. Here on the RSG podcast, I feel like we get a lot of flack. We're being very sports-driven. And so Ted's the only athlete here in my top five that I'm taking, but well-deserving of that top five pick number two. Jake, I love that pick. We love Ted a lot here on the RSG. And I mean, yeah, a legendary career. We're thankful for his time and service, always supporting the troops here on RSG. And that's a perfect segue uh, as we stick with the only other athlete remaining, a guy that I love, number 99, Taco Fall. You gotta have the big man in your top five. You gotta have him in your starting five. Taco Fall went to UCF, should have, could have almost beat 
Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish in that tournament run they had just came up short. But Taco Fall, don't know if he's actually ever been on a starting five in the NBA, but you have seen him get into the game. Repping number 99, he's got double the nines, and he has double the height of probably me, standing way above seven feet tall uh, and a very lovable guy. Very lovable guy. I love that he made your top five pick right there. That's a good spot for Taco coming in at number two. Want to shout out my honorable mentions here before I sign off. I'm going to throw in Tony Parker, four-time NBA champ, NBA Finals MVP, and a six-time NBA All-Star coming in uh, as an honorable mention for me. Also, the Enneagram number nine. I have a lot of great friends that are Enneagram nines. It's a great number. And then the longest palindrome in the English language has nine letters. That means the word can be spelled forward and backward as the same. And that word is redivide, uh, excuse me, redivider. Um, it can be spelled forward and backward the exact same. But my number one here on the RSG are the nine fruits of the spirit. Mm. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's really the top, uh, the top pick for me. If I could pick this list again, I would take the fruit of the spirit again as the number one. Um, so, Phil, I'm going to turn it back over to you. You're number one, dying to hear Jake, I love that uh, number one pick from you. You know, you can't go wrong with any of those. Uh, and you always love to have a collective fruit of the spirits uh, at all times. My number one pick, and this may cause some controversy uh, as a, he was an athlete during this time, Sylvester the Cat from Looney Tunes on the Toon Squad wore number nine in the movie Space Jam. He's my number one pick. He caused some chaos on the court and helped Michael Jordan, an honorable mention, who also wore number nine on the U.S. basketball team in the Olympics, helped them get to a victory over the Monstars in Space Jam. We, I, I love Sylvester the Cat. He's a great character in Looney Tunes and a great team player to get that Toon Squad a victory on Space Jam. Phil, that rounds out your top five perfectly. This has been the first ever starting five here on the RSG, the Ready, Set, Game podcast. If you want to hear a starting five of your choice, a category of your choice, please DM us, email us, text us. We want to be able to break down starting fives. And you let us know your starting five as well. Phil, this is going to move us into our next segment. I love this. We kind of dreamed this up today. But, you know, we love to celebrate things here on the Ready, Set, Game. We love to celebrate all sorts of things. And in this great country, the United States of America, we have some national holidays that we want to recognize. And so we'd love for you to get us started kind of going down this list. Jake, that's right. We want to shout out National Checkers Day. Today is National Checkers Day. If you're playing chess or checkers, throw that chessboard out of the window, whether you're playing with your grandparents, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, and put down the checkerboard. We know we see them outside of Cracker Barrel. We love the checkerboards outside of there, and they're everywhere. It's a, it's a great game. Started playing it when I was two years old, and I haven't put the board down since, Jake. Shout out to National Checkers Day. Also, shout out to Checkers, the fast food restaurant. Have never been, but need to go today. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree more. We've got to get an RSG recording from a Checkers. You go Checkers. I'll go, let's see, um, maybe maybe a Brahms. And that would just be a great parlay back and forth for the two of us. It's also one of your favorites, National Braves Day. Talk to us, Phil, about a Braves experience that you've had. Jake, we've had many, many Brave experiences here in Atlanta. We've moved stadiums. Uh, our ballpark is now uh, in Smyrna. Uh, used to be downtown near uh, at Turner Field, the TED. Great memories there. But what I will say 
uh, for National Braves Day. One of my favorite memories of the Braves. I uh, went to a game, a uh, Braves-Dodgers game, with my friend Tyler Robert. Tyler's a Dodgers fan. I'm a Braves fan, of course. And we asked someone to take a photo of us at the Braves game uh, at the Chop House, which is uh, located in right field. And uh, this guy looked us up and down more towards Tyler, saw he was wearing a Dodgers jersey, looked us up and down, and just said no. Handed us the phone back. We proceeded to ask two more people to get a photo of us, and they also said no. It was the fourth and final time we finally found a very kind woman to take a photo of us in the chop house. But let me tell you, Jake, the Dodger fans are not welcome very, very well in uh, Truist Park. Uh, but it's one of the first Braves memories that comes to mind for me. Phil, that is absolutely amazing. I feel like your sports stories continue to amaze me. And we're going to get into some more here as the podcast unfolds. I don't know if we need to spend a ton of time on this. Maybe you have someone in mind, but it's National Restless Legs Awareness Day. Anybody that you know that has restless legs? Jake, I'm glad you brought this up because it's been a long time since we've talked about it, but Jake Bardell has one of the biggest cases of restless legs, restless leg syndrome that I have ever seen. We know that he is going to be shaking those legs by the time his wedding day comes. January 14th, might I add. It's been announced. We're announcing it here on the RSG pod. January 14th, Bardell's going to be shaking his legs up there, and let's hope that he can keep it still when he's up there next to his bride, Lindsay. Phil, I love that. You know, I I think that's great. I'm glad that you gave the audience kind of a, a timeline of the 14th of January for Bardell, just so that we can continue to support and celebrate him as that date approaches um we're gonna move into uh our next segment here because we've been celebrating the national what's we're gonna go ahead and celebrate national security officer appreciation week this is for all of those security officers out there that are uh protecting places that are um standing in the line um that are serving uh you know at the front lines um and there's someone that we would like to shout out today and that is none other than our friend ralph Ralph, the K-Country security guard for about as long as I can remember. And my my most vivid memory, I, I actually have many. One is him standing in the rain as it is just monsooning and there's a tent feet away and the man is standing in the rain. The other was week nine in the summer of 2020 at the peak of COVID. And I told Ralph that um, that he needed to be wearing a mask as he was welcoming guests in and out of the visitor center, the, the front gate. And he said, oh, are we wearing masks now? I said, Ralph, we've been wearing them since the first day of camp. So <laughs> Ralph, thank you. You truly are a beam of light and sunshine to everyone that you interact with. Absolutely, Jake. We love Ralph uh, and we love camp. We are so thankful for what he does at the security desk. Speaking of camp, we have actually a few little leaguers Coming from uh, K-Country onto the big field, that's right. It's National Little League Month. Uh, I'm not actually sure if Little League, if Little League World Series ended this month or last, but it was recent, and we are thankful for all of those children out there and their parents and the coaches that let them play the game and enjoy the game that we get to watch. Absolutely. You know, Phil, I don't know if you knew this, but I am a state runner-up in the state of Texas for the 9- and 10-year-old, 3rd and 4th grade state Little League in the state of Texas, played it right here at the Bush Complex in Waco, Texas, lost to a team from Houston. It was a great run. 
Pirates came up just short, and it will be a moment and a experience that I will remember for a long time. Um, Phil, this next segment, I'm so excited about. It is National Better Breakfast Month. Kick this off for us. Jake, uh, it is Better Breakfast Month, and I'm here to tell you that I have a better breakfast than you. Uh, this morning, uh, it was simple. It was um, it was four um, scrambled eggs and six pieces of bacon in the air fryer. A great breakfast this morning. Uh, air fryer is one of my favorite things to use now. Making bacon in it has been an absolute joy. You don't have to uh, you don't have to mess with the oven. You don't have to go to the microwave. You put it right there in the air fryer. Set it for ten minutes. Bacon comes out crisp and clean. But I will say the best breakfast that I have ever had. Uh, it has to be Cafe Racer in Athens, one of the best biscuits I've ever had in my life. But as far as the best single breakfast I've ever had, uh, a place called Biscuit Head in Asheville, North Carolina. We spent the whole night, night before a few buddies and I, uh, we went to go camping. We saw the forecast was going to be pouring rain. We said, ah, it'll probably clear up. Rain the whole night. The, the wind blew our tent sideways in the middle of the night. We had to readjust, but we had a great wet we were wet breakfast at biscuit head had to stand 45 minutes outside in the rain but the most satisfying breakfast i've ever had jake phil i love that that is you know a breakfast that you have to stand and wait that long for means that has to be that good this morning for me i went with one of my 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 normals this morning i went with the um the the morning smoothie phil i went with the blueberry strawberry banana a small uh, dabble of peanut butter over a little bit of a milk spread, some protein powder, and the rest was history. So I had that this morning. The best breakfast that I've ever had. It's so hard to say. Man, I think I'm going to go, you know, there could be a lot of honorable mentions for the sake of time. I won't go there, but I'm going with one of our favorites. Big Bad Breakfast in Birmingham, Alabama. With Seth Locke, it was a great breakfast. I had the breakfast bowl, and it was just tremendous. It was a great taste. We had a great meal. It was great company. And so I'm going with Big Bad Breakfast in Birmingham. Jake, that's a great pick. Seth Locke, one of our good friends, like we said, in Greece. We know where he's at, but we want to find out where other people are at, Jake. We're going to find my friends. Once again, a segment we do every single week, and we're going to find out where one of our friends is at so that we can make uh, we can make an observation uh, to here to see if we can make a prediction, might, uh, might I say, to see where our friends are at and take a guess at what they're doing. I'm zooming in here, going more Midwest, Jake, and I'm going to go right over to this state of Oklahoma, where it looks like Grant Hudeberg is making his way downtown could be to the Paycom Center to go catch a Thunder practice. He is on the move right now. We can't get the whereabouts of the exact street due to confidentiality, but it looks like he is heading towards Paycom, maybe to get some shots up with SGA and the guys over at the Thunder facilities. That's just my guess. Grant Hudeberg, one of our most faithful listeners, one of our best friends, I, I think that's a pretty accurate and spot-on prediction of where Mr. Hudeberg might be headed. I'm going to keep it in the exact same arena. We're going to stay in OKC, and we're going to zoom in on Northwest 49th Street and our friend Jonathan Klein. 
Now, Jonathan Klein, again, recently married, shout out. Jonathan Klein finds himself sandwiched somewhere between Jimmy's Egg, Hideaway Pizza, and the Brown Cow Bake Shop. And my guess is right now he's sitting at home trying to figure out which of the three he wants to take his lovely bride to for dinner tonight. And I would just go ahead and tell you, Klein, you need to go to Jimmy's Egg. It's going to hit home. It's going to be a 10 out of 10 every time. So go ahead and make that call. I love this segment, Phil. Jake, it's great. We love to see what our friends are doing currently or predict what they're doing in the future. But it's always great to reflect on the past, Jake. We love to look at our favorite memories from time and time again. Jake, we've been sharing a, a, a memory every week of our favorite college sporting events we've attended. Uh, Jake, your number four, I believe, is up next. What do you have for us? Phil, I'm going back to the number four. I don't even know how old you were at this point. You might have still been in single digits. In fact, I believe you were. But we're going back to 2005, baby. 2005 at Floyd Casey Stadium in Waco, Texas. Sean Bell, the now um, offensive, excuse me, the quarterback's coach at Baylor University, it was the starting quarterback for the Bears at that time. The Bears were in the middle of a dismal season, and the Texas A&M Aggies came to town. And Sean Bell, the game went to a double overtime. Sean Bell found Dominique Ziegler on a fourth down to convert and put the Bears up. And then we had to get the two-point conversion. Uh, we decided to go for it. Texas A&M had kicked the extra point. We're going for two for the win. Bell rolls right, looks right, throws right, hits his man Dominic Ziegler again in the end zone for the two-point conversion. Fans rush the field. They carry the goalpost four miles back to campus. The student body took the goalpost back to campus four miles from the stadium and put it back on campus. And I was in the stands for that game, rushed the field with my dad. I was a young 12 or 13 year old at the time. It was a tremendous experience. Jake, I really wish I could have been in the stadium for that one with you. I was probably still in diapers in 2005, even though I was probably seven years old. <laughs> I was still running around, didn't even know what a touchdown probably was at the time. I'm going to take us back with two, one honorable, one honorable mention, and then obviously my number four. It's going to be in on January 1st, 2021, my fifth year at the University of Georgia. It was the end of 2020, and Georgia goes to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. And a game, you know, Jake, where it's just bone crushing, where we miss the playoff again, and we say, ah, does anyone really want to play this game? Cincinnati was in control the whole time. Desmond Ritter, now Falcons quarterback, was controlling the field in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All of a sudden, the tide starts to turn, and we hit a 54-yard field goal almost as time expires to beat Cincinnati, then got a sack in the last play, play of the game that turned to a safety. I went to go volunteer work that game, got to Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 4 a.m., because I thought I was going to get a job at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Ended up not getting a job at the Peach Bowl, but sat in a box to myself with my wife on the 50-yard line next to the uh, Delta, uh, the CEO of Delta and a couple other friends that worked at the Peach Bowl. It was an electric day. And then my honorable mention has to be a shout-out first to my good friend Stephen Craig and his wife, Millie, faith listeners of the pod. 2010, I believe, Steve's dad, 2009, excuse me, 
Steve's dad takes us to Tuscaloosa for my first Alabama football game. They're playing Florida International. Jake, FIU returns the kickoff in the first quarter and then is winning 14-13 in the second quarter. It ended in a 14-40 finish going Bama's way. But I was the only one in the stands cheering for FIU, I believe, up in the rafters, wearing at the time a Terrence Cody Alabama jersey that Steve gave me. But I was cheering for the Panthers. Terrence Cody, that name will take us back. That guy was a run stopper. My goodness. Phil, those are two great um, uh, memories for you. I don't want to gloss over the fact that you ended up on the 50-yard line in the suite next to the CEO of Delta. How did you end up in that location? Jake, you know, I had a friend at the time, Cecil A. Krong, another faithful listener of the pod. Uh, He was trying to get me hooked up to work for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Ended up not working out, but uh, I called him and said, hey, you know, we're here at the game. I just finished, you know, volunteer work. Um, Where are you at? And he said, hey, come meet me uh, outside of this section. Walks us up to his stairs, flashes some badge of some sort, and just hands us right into the suite. So it was one of those, Jake, that you'll never forget. Had free food, free drinks, the whole nine. I probably ate about five, four or five too many Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches, but it hit just right after that 4 a.m. wake-up call on New Year's Day. Has to. It always does. Phil, really quickly, you know, something that I actually just did about 15, 20 minutes ago um, was I unloaded our dishwasher. And when I was unloading the dishwasher, I always wonder, because we do kind of a pre-rinse before we put the dishes in, and I always question if they've been washed or not. And so sometimes I end up pulling out some dirty dishes. Phil, talk to us about the Midwest dishes, the dirty ending that you guys had to the season. Or maybe it's not even dirty. Maybe I just wanted that to be the tagline here for this next segment, the Midwest dishwasher dirty ending talk to us about how y'all season closed out well jake you know as all good things start and finish it always starts with jimmy mccarthy jimmy mccarthy played a faithful four to five um position for us power forward center for us over the over the season uh and the championship game was actually uh it was a a, a one-night event six-team tournament and you played essentially three games in a row um, if you kept winning, obviously. And so the teams that went to the championship, um, Jimmy had a friend on one of the teams. Jimmy sent this text that he received uh, from one of his friends in our group message. Uh, and he said, dude, we had the playoffs last night. We won the ship by forfeit with six minutes left because the guy was so mad. He went <laughs> about bad calls uh, and the game wasn't going um, this way, uh, their way. He went to go get a gun from his car. And benches clearing brawl, punched a shoot, punch one of their best shooters in the face, uh, had a big slap. It was a dog fight. And he said, that's never the way you want to end it. It was a mess. Everything ended up being okay. No one was hurt really uh, severely. But Jake, I mean, something you just don't see every day uh, here in Atlanta, uh, but quite the finish to the season. Uh over at core four for the Midwest dishes. We weren't a part of it, but man, the Atlanta sport and social league is definitely going to uh, be under some fire here as they try to figure out how the heck do we fix this? No doubt the social league. And we may have to get a call to the social misfits to see if they can come and help us solve this problem. Screaming. Hoo! 
it is. All right, here we go. We're going to keep this thing rolling. <laughs> it is now that time for one of our favorite segments. Phil, I really struggled last week in this segment. I went three and seven by far the worst that I have gone in the history of our pick between yourself and myself. You had a pretty solid week, six and four. Um, but we're going to go to our pick this week. We've got some great games on the slate. I'll intro this first game. This is number five, Clemson, DJ Uyangalale and company visit Sam Hartman, number 21, Wake Forest. This is going to be a great game. I think it could go either way. Uh, Clemson has had a good start to the year, not the Clemson of two, three, four years ago. They're still lacking a little bit on offense. I'm going to take Clemson on the road. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Wake Forest wins, but I'm going to take Clemson on the road in this game. Dabo gets it done. Jake, I, I like that pick. This is something for me where it, it kind of is uh, the first test we're going to see for Clemson and for Wake. You know, Wake has struggled a little bit without Sam Hartman, but he's back. And uh, I think their offense at home is going to be good. But I don't have to agree with you. I think Clemson's defense and their team is just better. And I'll take the Tigers in this one, Jake. You're taking the Tigers. Phil, we're going to Ames, Iowa, where my Baylor Bears are on the road against Iowa State and the Cyclones. Iowa State 3-0, looking to start 4-0 for the first time since the millennium started in 2000. That's actually crazy. Haven't been 4-0 since 2000. Baylor comes into town, not a great road team. They haven't won an aim since 2017. I've got to go with the Bears in this one. I'm going to believe in Blake Shapin and the offense. This is the week that they're going to get it going. Jeff Grimes is going to make some adjustments with the play calling. Bears in Ames by a field goal. Jake, I like that pick a lot. I think Baylor is going to definitely have a little pick-me-up. Uh, the last time we went on the road didn't go their way against Brigham Young, and I think they're going to come out with a lot of firepower in this game. It's going to be close, but I'm taking the Bears as well. Taking the Bears. Phil, talk to us about this next game. You're going to be in attendance at this game. Tell us what you're going to be looking for. Jake, Jordan-Hare Stadium is a place that most people never really want to play. It's a place where they go. It's loud. Uh, the, 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 the hits are hard in the start of the game, and the Tigers are fired up, and the fans are – also really, really, you know, passionate about their team. Jake, this Auburn team is deflated, and they just got swallowed by Penn State. I mean, an absolute blowout in Jordan-Hare. And it's not going to be quite a blowout this week, but I'm taking the other Tigers, Missouri. I'll be at the game with Adam Rose and his wife and my wife. They're flying into town tonight at midnight to make the game tomorrow for an 11 a.m. Central kick. I'm taking Missouri. I like the upset here. I'm taking Tigers over Tigers. Phil, you're taking the Tigers over the Tigers. I really just want to take the Tigers in this game. I can't. Again, another coin flip for me. I saw Mizzou play Kansas State, who last week lost to Tulane. I don't know where to go in this game. I'm going to say that Auburn gets back on track this week. Brian Harson makes some adjustments. Not sure who's going to start at quarterback, but I think Tank Bigsby's going to be able to get it done on the ground for Auburn. And I think their defense is going to come up with some stops. Missouri, very turnover prone. I think that's going to be the difference in the story. I'll take Auburn in this one at home. Jake, I like that pick. Uh, even though it's against mine, I think it's going to be a good game. We go back to the Lone Star State. Your number five pick, Dallas, Jake. There's a lot of drama in this game. TCU, SMU, tell us who you got. Yeah, you know, there is a lot of drama in this game. Last year, there was a planting of the flag on the field. TCU just swiped Sonny Dykes, who this time last year was the coach of SMU. Tanner Mordecai player quarterback for SMU Waco product 
TCU will trot out Max Duggan, a lot of starts. I'm going to take TCU on the road in this one. This may be a shocker. I think SMU is just operating a little bit more down than last year. I'm taking the Horned Frogs on the road. Jake, that's a good pick. But as our good friend Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend, because I think the Mustangs are going to get it done again. I am sticking it out to pick SMU. They won last week, and they're going to win again this week in Fort Worth, Jake. I like that pick, Phil. I like that. We're going to go to the Battle of the Blue Bloods. This is a Final Four matchup. We've seen it time and again, late March, early April. This time on the gridiron, 3-0 Duke, the Blue Devils, against 3-0 the Kansas Jayhawks, who came back from a 14-0 deficit last week, scored 28 unanswered, ended up winning by a comfortable margin. Duke at Kansas. Who do you have in this one? Jake. I love it. I love what Kansas is doing here. I love what Duke is doing. I got to go Jayhawks. They're hot right now. They're rolling. We haven't said that in a long, long time. I'm taking the Jayhawks over Duke. Phil, I also am taking the Jayhawks. I like what they've done. They beat a good Houston team on the road in Houston after a weather delay last week. They haven't been this good since 2007 with Todd Reesing and Mark Mangino. This is a team right here in Kansas that I'm excited to watch. They have a star playing quarterback. Let's move to this next game. Number 20, Florida at number 11, Tennessee. Good game. Who are we taking? Jake, it pains me to say this, but every year this game gets overhyped. Florida's won 16 of the last 17. Uh, they go into Knoxville. Uh you know, not really sure what their identity is yet. They beat Utah, yeah, and they lose to Kentucky at home. I'm going to take the Gators against the Vols going into Knoxville. I just don't think Tennessee's as good as everyone thinks they are. I'm going Gators. Phil, you're taking the Gators. I'm going to flip the script, and I'm going Volunteers. I think, finally, Tennessee has what it takes to compete in the SEC. I think they're going to run into a buzzsaw later in the year. But I'm taking Tennessee in this one specifically because two of our most faithful listeners, Joey Peterson and Darren Asmussen, will be in attendance at the game and at college game day. Let's go Vols. Jake, I like that pick. I'm going to go back to Lone Star State. We're going to Lubbock, Texas at Texas Tech. Texas, I think, is still trying to prove to everyone that they are almost back, if not fully back. I'm going Longhorns in Lubbock. I think they got a better team. I think – Herd's got what it takes to lead them, and I think the Longhorns get it done. Yeah, Phil, I completely agree with you um, on that. I, I'm taking the Longhorns in Lubbock. Not a great place to play. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be loud. My brother's going to be in attendance and his fiance. It's going to be a great atmosphere in Lubbock. They need a bounce-back win. Right now, the quarterback situation is dicey, as it is in Austin, but Hudson Card's a proven winner. He's a great talent. I'm taking the Longhorns on the road in Lubbock. I love that, Jake. We're going over to Chapel Hill. North Carolina brings in Notre Dame. Notre Dame has just struggled this year, Jake. They haven't been anywhere close to anyone, anyone thinks they are. Um, and North Carolina's 3-0, and another blue blood that's uh, had been able to claw their way out of games. They had a close game last week against Georgia State here in Atlanta. I don't know how confident the UNC staff is with their defense. Last I heard, they said it was hot garbage. Not sure if that was a coach or a player who it was. But, Jake, I love the Tar Heels. I love the Baby Blue. I'm taking North Carolina to go 4-0 over Notre Dame. Phil, I also am taking North Carolina in this one over Notre Dame. I just don't think Notre Dame is going to get it done on the road. 
I love Marcus Freeman. I love him as a coach. Uh, players rally behind him. I think the Tar Heels are going to get it done at home. There's going to be a lot of broken plays in this game. People just running wild on the outside. We're going to AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. This is going to be a shootout. Number 10, Arkansas versus number 23, Texas A&M. This is going to be an electric game. Great atmosphere. Hogs, Aggies, both had battles last week. Arkansas had to come back against Missouri State. Trevor Batten's alma mater had to come back. Batten had some good days back on the gridiron uh, at Missouri State back in the day. But I will say I'm going to take the Hogs in this one. K.J. Jefferson, that running game is going to be too much. He'll get some uh, receivers behind the defense. Hogs in Dallas by 12. Wow, Jake, that's huge. I mean, the Hogs look good. They definitely have a better offense than AM does. But I'm going to take Texas AM. I think the Aggies and Jimbo Fisher got a chip on their shoulder. No one really expects them to win this game. I like Jimbo in his home state there at, 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 in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. Last but not least, Jake. Sorry, go ahead if you were going to say before about the roll. Uh, no, not at all. You take it away. We uh, are going uh, to Corvallis, Oregon State, and USC. You know I can't think against the Beavs. Reese Anderson, one of a good a good friend of mine. His dad's an alumni from Oregon State. I like the Beavers, Jake. Phil, you're taking the Beavers. I want to take that pick. I can't make that pick. It killed me last week. It absolutely crushed me taking Texas Tech on the road uh, over at UNC or over North Carolina State. I'm not going to fall victim to that again. I'm taking Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. It's going to be closer than people think. I think it'll be close at halftime, but I'm taking uh, USC. Jake, last but not least, your upset pick of the week. Phil, my upset pick of the week, I don't even know where to begin with this, but I'm going to take Marshall over Troy. I don't know if this is a true upset, but I'm taking Marshall. They're rolling, they're flying high, and they're going to get it done against Troy this week. Jake, I'm going Vandy over Bama in Tuscaloosa. Vanderbilt is going to get it done. I'm excited about the Commodores this year, and I think shout out to Luke Vaughn, one of my good friends, just moved from Nashville. I know he loves the Commodores. I know Luke Vaughn's picking them. I'm going Vandy with the upset. Listeners, thanks so much for dialing in with us. Until next time, ready, set, game.